by the bay where the watermelons <laughs> grow it, it's back to my home I, I dare not go for if I do my mother would say did you ever see a goose <laughs> kissing a moose did you I have no idea what this one is from by the by R- you don't know Raffi no oh my god I don't even know really? what that is you don't know down by the bay by Raffi a national treasure uh, maybe if you sang it, that's not going to happen because <laughs> you are listening to Colette and Matt have entered the chat. A member, a brand spanking new member of the Hyper X Podcast Network. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I might have done this really awkward little dance behind my microphone to the music because I'm That's... a child of the '80s, so like that didn't hit too close to home. I was like, "Yeah, I love it." Game shows. You're you're a child of the '80s, but you don't know Raffi. I uh-uh. I don't know who you are. Well, that's disappointing considering that, you know, we've been doing this for 60 some odd episodes now. (laughs) It's not true. I know exactly who you are. Uh, I know who I am. I'm Matt Silverman, but you are Colette Bennett. How are you? I am Colette Bennett. I am a proud new member of the HyperX network, which is like really crazy to say. Yeah. Technically, uh, I am. We are. We are. uh, Would you like to tell the fine people about uh, what has transpired here? Well, um, I feel like I am... Possibly not as well equipped as you are to tell them, but I mean, the TLDR version is that uh, we are now part of a podcast network, um, which will mean that our podcast could potentially um, be heard by more people, gain more exposure, but also just kind of, I don't know, like, um, I don't know. I don't want to say it, make it a little more official. I feel like it's pretty official, um, sure. but uh, it is it is kind of a, a proud thing to to join a network that hosts many other excellent podcasts. Yes, uh, many other podcasts that you might be familiar with already uh, and very like minded podcasts, podcasts about video games, about movies, about fandom and geek culture. Uh, most notably, and I know that there are listeners here who uh, share my passion for Retronauts, uh, the podcast uh, about uh, retro games and retrospectives about uh, important and popular gaming franchises that has been uh, publishing for gosh knows how many years Over now. Over a decade, because uh, Retronauts was was recording when I was recording Retroforce Go, and that was 2007. Right. Right. So uh, n- not to not to shed tears over Retroforce Go, like, it, you know, that it, it, it had its time and it unfortunately is no longer with us. But like, imagine if Retroforce Go was still going. Right. That's Retronauts. That's one of the reasons why I really respect it. So, yes, that's extremely exciting that uh, we just so happen to be on that same network. Yes. Um, so uh, Retronauts is is or was part of Greenlit podcast. That was the network but uh, the network as a whole is sponsored by HyperX, which is uh, Hewlett Packard's gaming peripherals division. So we have uh, official sponsorship, which you will start hearing some ads uh, interspersed throughout the podcast. And what I'm most excited about is that we will have the opportunity to collaborate with other shows in the network. Yes, I too am very excited about that. We want to have those hosts 
on our show to talk about their favorite games and, and other pop culture stuff. And perhaps if we're lucky, we will get to appear on their shows and uh, and and spread the love that way. Um, Retronauts, uh, Super Nintendads, Nice Games Club, uh, Chat of the Wild, which apparently is a, a Zelda-specific uh, wow. podcast. I so, love that. Lots of good stuff. That's a thing. That's a thing that happened to us. It's a thing that happened, thanks really uh, mostly to you, the listeners, who have supported us. And we kind of uh, approached the network and said, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're a small fish, but look at how devoted uh, these wonderful listeners are, the, this community that, that uh, has gathered around, um, you know, the, the wider discord and discussion and, and the podcast is part of that. And they said, yep. That sounds good. We yeah. we like we like what we hear. So uh, kudos to everyone involved. Yes, very very lucky indeed. So uh, yeah, luckily um, we don't have to stop saying fuck or shit on the air because if we did, uh, <laughs> this this whole deal would not would not fly. I mean, really, I have I, a lot of bleeping to do. Right, Beep. like I mean, you need to not tell me not to curse because that won't work. <laughs> that won't fly. No. Yeah. No, nothing changes. Uh, we, we might we're going to segment the show a little bit to make some space for uh, promotion of those other shows at cross promotion and and uh, the ads from the network. But otherwise, uh, it's the same old chat that you know and love. So we are excited to take it to the next level, and and we hope that those collaborations will bring uh, new members into the community. So look out for new blood coming into the the chat when uh, as we get going here. <laughs> Yay, I love it. What's going on? What's new with you? Well, I started Diablo Immortal today. Whoa, this is this is out? This is happening? Is it a beta? It was supposed to come out tomorrow, but for some reason Shit. it came out early today on huh. mobile the pc version is not out uh, yet so uh, i can talk about this but i might maybe want to save it for the what am i playing part of the show yeah, yeah, i guess yeah. all right all right but that's no, right. that's what's talk really up with me i, I know I'm i hyped. know <laughs> huh great great okay well um We've got the housekeeping news out of the way. Uh, we're excited about this new phase of our journey. But first uh, and foremost, let us talk about some video games. Starting with you, our listeners, uh, let's chat about what you are all playing. Uh, this mostly comes out of our Discord. Uh, why don't you kick it off uh, if you're in the in the chat there? I am. I just got to get back to the... <laughs> Sorry, I just I just saw the picture of David Hasselhoff holding the giant um, <laughs> the giant You're Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm too, too far. far. Okay, go down. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, let's see. Pyrostar says, start another playthrough of Three Houses. I'm going for the Silver Snow route, as my first route with the Black Eagles was Crimson Flower. As always, Edelgard is correct and did nothing wrong. I was like, yes. wow. I, I think that. The idea of liking a game so much that you would start another complete playthrough just to do another route is like so impressive to me because immediately when I read that, I thought, how many games have I loved enough that I've gone back and played another route? And the answer is not many. Nope. Very uh, few. I, so I am impressed by that. 
Fully agree. Fully agree. And it's comments like that that make me want to do it. I want because I really, really loved this game mm-hmm. and got stuck somewhere. I feel like I hit a battle that I was like not prepared for or strategically able to pull off. And I just kept hitting my head against it and I got stuck. Um, and I really was bummed about that because I wanted to not only finish the story, I really don't know what happens with the climax of that story. And I wanted to go back and play it because there's so many characters and so many perspectives. Like think of how rich the playthrough is from choosing one house I really wanted to go back and get all the rest of it. And right. uh, this has given me that buzz again. I, I chose um, Edelgard. Uh, I don't remember. Is it Black? It must be Black Eagles, right? That's the house name. I don't know because I didn't get very far at all when I played it, which is a bit odd, but I didn't. What? Get, what? Where did you get stuck? I'm curious. I didn't get stuck so much as I just like started and like walked around and like talked to people. And I, I think I borrowed someone's copy. Yeah, I did. But I just like, I don't know why. Like I was like, this is a beautiful game and I can't seem to get engaged. And then I just didn't pick it up again ever. It, does it not uh, to tell me if there, how many similarities there are with like a persona th- situation? Because my, based on what you've said and what I know is like persona is about forming the relationships and then going out into doing the battles. And that seems similar to, um, uh, uh persona without having played a lot of fire emblem. So I don't know if this would really sit correctly. Um, but, persona always has like a lot of like dark themes like even in the brighter like installments i feel like there's a lot of darker themes and i mm-hmm. i don't know whether or not that was something that um three houses would have offered in the long run but mm-hmm. uh, you know i can i cannot look back at it and go man that just wasn't an interesting game it was it was a great game like mm-hmm. i just couldn't i just didn't engage at that time Right. So it sounds like a, a th- maybe a, it was a thematic disconnect, not necessarily like maybe? a gameplay. Although you're not much of a tactical, you're not a tactics person necessarily. Right. right? I'm not really. So, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, it could have, it, you know, it could have been that. But that's one of those games that I sometimes look back at and go, know that, no, that's an incredible game. Wish I had been able to engage. It's, I guess it's hmm. kind of like the Hades syndrome for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, do you recall which house you picked or which like character nope. leader character? You don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what I, I ate I, yesterday for lunch. Totally. I, I wonder, <laughs> I just, w- now I'm super curious. I'm curious if I went back and chose a different house, would I be able to get all the way through? If you went back and chose a different house, even though you don't remember what you chose, Oh, uh, um, would I would maybe it, be more motivated? You? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's would totally like the possible. characters better? Yeah. To- totally possible. It- it could mm. be mm. intriguing. I'm I'm stroking my beard, which you cannot see. Um, <laughs> it also doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. Uh, wait, what? I, I saw you like today. You don't have a beard. What are you talking about? Of course I do. Is it like a, like like I haven't shaved for a couple of days beard? No, it's uh, I've had a beard for like 10 years. Oh, have we met? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, not in person, no. Uh, no, but, well, maybe one. Why did my ago, brain yeah. not parse that you have a beard? Like, I mean, I've it's seen not, your face plenty of times. That's weird. It's not like Santa. It's not Santa Claus beard. You yeah, know when saying? you say beard, that's what I think about. I think Got about it. like a big, like ZZ Top kind of beard. So <laughs> de- you definitely don't have that. I do not. No, uh, Gandalf is not uh, where, where I'm going. That's really funny. Good That's t- really good funny. times. Good times. <laughs> uh, Honey Brew says Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. I've been intrigued by this game for a long time. Yes. So I'm glad it has come up. Same. It's, in, uh, it's We bought it like what, like oh, in one of those big Steam sales, and I was like, I love the title of this game. And I, that's all I, and I looked at it. I was like, I love the way this game looks. That's all I need yep. to know. That's it. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Precisely. And, and, you know, we've talked about this a thousand times. Am I going to sit at my computer and play a little cutesy game like this? I don't think I will, but, but steam, steam decking it. Uh, steam decking it be all on the, the way. All the way. Uh, so Honey Brew says it was a short little game that was shockingly fun and darker than you'd expect with an aesthetic like it has. And, and, I uh, love that. I love when a yeah. game is super, super cutesy and in reality, it's not what it looks like. There is a fairly famous um, visual novel game that is like this. And of course, mm. since I'm on the spot and bringing it up. Um, uh, nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like I can see it in front of me. I can see it in my mind's eye. And some yep. t- somewhere in, in this discussion, I will remember the name of it. Do- Doki Doki <laughs> Literature Club. That's it. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yes, like yes, yes. super typical cutesy anime, you know, school th- setting. And supposedly it turns into a horror game, but I have never, ever gotten that far. Right, so, right. So yeah, if you're listening and you you know what happens, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so you but you've owned you own it and you've tried it and uh-huh, I own it and I've tried yeah. it but you know being a person who loves video games and also has ADHD is so interesting because in some ways it really helps you focus but in other ways I feel like it really makes it so hard to stick with a game unless the game like you know makes you hyper focus right off the yeah. bat like Hades yep. did with me correct yeah, I'm really struggling it with. I struggle with that in general, but I'm I'm particularly struggling with it now um, because I'm looking for the sweet spot where the game grabs me all the way, mechanically or story or aesthetically, and or it's very mechanical, and then I can like listen to a podcast at the same at the same time. I don't have that right now Mm -hmm. and i'm really craving it and Mm -hmm. i keep bouncing between uh, is exactly what you just said of like trying a game and it's like i think this is great i love it i'm having a great time not gonna stick with it because yep Yep. it's not getting me all the way there it's i don't know it's a weird problem no it's it's not really because i have it too and i I would Mm -hmm. i would go as far as to say that i bet a lot of people have it i mean you know Mm. i I know people play games differently for sure but like you know i know people who will be like i like it okay but they'll finish the game anyway and then i know people like us that are like i need to be 100 percent in or i'm out so you know, it is what I, it is. Uh, I'm grateful to our particular community as well, because whenever we ask for, hey, what's up? What, what are you getting into? Everyone is always like, hey, I'm trying this. I'm playing this. I finished that. Like people are, you know, like to your point, there are people in this world who are like, oh, what, what video games do you like? I play Madden. And that's what I play. Right. And that's their, that's all they play. And that sounds awesome. I, honestly, 
but um our, we have an eclectic taste in our uh discord which is uh i love it i love hearing what people are up to yeah i do too <laughs> speaking of that uh i actually looked forward a couple of spaces and saw megalith say that um that he's playing Baldur's, Baldur's Gate 3, couldn't talk. And yeah. I immediately was like, Baldur's Gate, wow. Like, I remember that that was like everything, like when it oh came God. out. But the For original sure. Baldur's Gate, I'm thinking about the old ones. But then like, yes. I was like, oh, I, I didn't even, I haven't even seen what Baldur's Gate 3 looked like. So I quickly Googled and I was like, man, this is gorgeous. Like, wow. It looks amazing. Uh, I'm wait. Baldur's Gate is a Baldur's Gate three is a must play for me, but I'm waiting until it's out of early access. I'm waiting until it's 100% polished, finalized, done, done, and then I will dive in there. But it does look spectacular, and it's being made by Larian Studios, which is uh, who made Divinity, Original Sin one uh... and two, which are they sort of took up the mantle because I, I guess it was Bioware that did um, the original Baldur's Gate or Black Isle or something. Something and like that. Like, they've been remastered uh, and such, and they're now available and playable. But like, I guess the teams or the studios that made them are have been scattered to the four winds. And here comes Larian making these weird-ass tactical rpgs that were sort of like bizarre and weird and then became and then people started playing them and they're like oh shit these are really really good and then the the baldur's gate ip i think it was this combination of like the remat everyone loves these games the remaster i forget who did the remasters or the, the the ports of them for modern systems they were very popular and sold very well i presume and then larian made divinity and then everyone's like we should make more baldur's gate and larian became like the inheritor of the ip oh, in a good way interesting okay yeah. yeah um patrick had actually shown me um divinity a while back mm-hmm. and he was like i love this kind of stuff and like i didn't connect with it i wanted to because we we could have played it together but like i just mm-hmm. didn't connect oh, right, with it the co-op yeah, right. and I think it was because we didn't play it on a PC because I remember that we tried playing it on the PlayStation and that the fonts were hmm. so little. Like when you were walking <laughs> around with like all these things happening on the screen, I felt really overwhelmed. But like I'm looking at that, but the, the the messed up thing about it was that I, I looked at it and I was like, I can see the appeal of this, but I felt the whole time like I just want to be on a computer to play this. I'm on the wrong platform. Totally. And so we didn't go back to it really um, but it looking at, I'm looking at the screenshots of Baldur's Gate three now, and it's kind of making me go, man, I feel like he would probably like love this as well. So I'll have uh, to mention uh, it to him. Um, mention it and see if he, you know, cause like these are super epic, sophisticated story driven, mechanically driven games. It's like, I don't want to get up to, you know, level 32 and be like, well, we're going to put more in here. Just wait a while. Like I want to, I want to go hard and go all the way through. I don't want to be left uh, in the dust during early access and God bless them. I think early access is fantastic. If it allows them to, uh, to make the, the, the game that everyone wants. I think it's a wonderful system for this in particular, uh, I, I'm curious to see if Patrick wants to wait or if he would dive in. Yeah, I am too, actually. Um, I When I looked it up, I immediately saw a Forbes article titled, Why I'm Sitting Out Baldur's Gate Early Access yeah. and Waiting for the Full Release. And I was no, like, okay. But I am kind of curious looking at these pictures just because this looks like 
really good. And I feel like maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'll put it on my list. And when it comes out, I'll, I'll have a better look. Yeah. Wishlist it, get notified. Um, the only other thing uh, I, I played and finished, or maybe I got to the final battle or something. Um, had my time with divinity one and loved it mm -hmm. and highly recommend it. Divinity two is widely regarded as like the greatest thing of all time. Like the greatest tactical RPG. Like it is, it is the shit. And I, I really liked it, but I guess I must've been playing on, it was definitely only on PC. So I was mouse and keyboarding it and I just probably fell off of it. Or maybe I was streaming it and playing with controller. Anyway, it has since been ported to switch. And I think that that version is good. So if you want to cozy up handheld, that's great. Hmm. And, or again, I hate being a dick who sounds like a broken record, but like <laughs> I own, I own it on PC. So I could just pop it onto the deck and, and go, go from there. And it has cross save. So if you started it on PC, you can pick up your progress on switch. Aww, it's one of the awesome. few games that actually supports that. I believe that's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, um, as a quick side note, by the way, um, I see another thing here that says Baldur's Gate, the official version of Baldur's Gate 3 full release is not coming out in 2022. So that's one la less thing you can worry about having to play this year. Whew. <laughs> All right. Put it in the back. Put it, move it over to the official backlog. No, take, take your time, uh, Larry. And yeah, I did fact check it with, I mean, it was, uh, it was Bioware and also a lot of studios were involved oh, in the original Bioware interesting. before EA acquisition, I presume. And also Black Isle, uh, you know, I don't know, a bunch of studios involved in the, the ball spawn. Baldur's Gate 2 blew my fucking mind with its, storytelling like really it is indelibly it, it occupies space in my mind the way um a chrono trigger or a final fantasy 6 does now could i tell you could i recount the story of baldur's gate 2 the way i could i could explain uh chrono trigger to you absolutely not <laughs> i i, I it's Why very foggy just because it's very complicated and i only played it once as a child four thousand years ago and, and and I probably revisited the, those Super Nintendo games a few more times. But in my mind's eye, I remember, like, I just have a feeling of sitting back in my, completing Baldur's Gate 2 or getting very close to the end and sitting back in my chair as a child and being like, holy shit. Wow. How could a game be this big and this much and this epic? I'd never seen anything like it before. And it, it it's it's among that pantheon of like, oh yeah, I, PC is the place where games happen, uh, where like awesome fucking games live. You know, it's it's in there for me. Wow. That's that's impressive. <sighs> All right. Add to add to wish list. <laughs> add to <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I could probably go back and play Baldur's Gate too. Yeah, I mean that you can grab that on Switch. You can grab it on tablets. You can play it on your iPad. Wow. Now, do, do does that kind of game look? I'm sure Baldur's Gate One is rough, like it rough right. by modern standards. Sure, sure. 
But, you know, two, two looks like, uh, well, it doesn't look like Diablo, but it reminds me of Diablo for some reason, like something about yeah. it. Maybe it's the yeah. top down, like the. For sure. But yeah. And I mean, you know, I've been addicted to Diablo since Diablo 2 came out, which we all know how long ago that was. So I'm so I'm so hyped to hear your impressions. I'm not particularly hyped for Diablo Immortal. Like I'm interested to know if it's good and whether I will partake. I want to know your thoughts yes. immediately yes. about yeah, Diablo you, Immortal. You know I have all the feels so soon. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> but in the meantime, um, you want to read um, some more of the uh, things people are playing? Yeah, yeah. One one quick extra shout out for uh, Megalith. Uh, he's also playing Satisfactory, mm. which I love. I love Satisfactory. I've never even heard there, of that. Here's the, I'm going to say the exact opposite of what I just said. That's an early access game that is absolutely worth getting into today, yesterday, oh, whenever. Oh, it's an, it's an open world fact. Yes, this is a Matt ass game. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> and you know I try not to overuse that unless necessary, no. but this is no, truly a Matt ass is. game in the best of ways. It's about automation. So it's about building a base. Check. I love that. Open world, resource gathering, survival to an extent, but truly it's about, hey, I need 400 steel rivets or whatever to make this cool machine that's going to make another machine i could craft them by hand for 30 hours mm. or i could set up a bolt manufacturer which could feeds a conveyor belt into the welding machine which then feeds the welded materials into the other conveyor belt which then goes through the power system which then goes into the and when you fl you connect everything and you flick the switch and now you have a factory making things automatically and it's about power management it's about resource management and if you are smart enough everything becomes automated so like you just kind of sit back and wait for the shit you need it's like minecraft but if you had machines making the objects instead of your character making them and it's it's really cool. And the challenge is, of course, like, all right, everything's set up and I got my materials here and I got the, the coal feeding in here and the electrics here. And you go to the end of the line and you're like, shit, it's nothing's, it's not coming out. And then, and it's like, what did I do wrong? What wire is not connected <laughs> in this system? And it's really fun. I love it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Wow. That's really cool. I'm looking at it now. Yep. Beautiful. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Nose B says, I've been playing Hollow Knight. I was a little late to the party for this game. I tried it years ago, but bounced right off it after a few hours of playing. I gave it another go. Now I understand why it is such a highly recommended game. It clicked with me, exploring the world of Hollow Nest and discovering its challenges. I'm so glad I gave it a second chance, as it's now one of my favorite games. I think this nice. is so interesting, because what I what really stuck out to me about what Nosby said was how he tried it years ago, but bounced off it and then later decided to come back and it clicked for him. And I loved yep. that because I feel like so often we really don't come back to games. And you and I have talked about games like Hades where you've been like, I don't know, maybe I'll go back later because you've been so disappointed that you didn't click with it. And I love the idea, right, from this that like kind of being reminded that like it's completely possible that that could happen at any time, just like, you know, your life, right? Like all kinds of things come mm -hmm. into your life that, you know, mm -hmm. they have to click at the right time. So 
uh, yeah, I love that. And it kind of, <laughs> I guess, I guess it, I guess it kind of made me feel a little bit ho- hopeful, I guess. Like, oh, maybe I'll go back mm. and click with some game that I wished I had clicked with, but didn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Well said. And that's, that's the exact same, uh, hope that I take away from Nosebee's comment here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, again, it's, it's a lot of it is like, gaming lifestyle and form factor of like, I I'm excited about this merging of mobile and switch and PC and steam. They're all sort of coming together into various form factors where it's like, sure, I can play this on my TV or my computer, or if I want to cuddle up in, in bed and play it there, I can also do it there now, depending on what's available at what time. And so, um, it it is it's doing two things it's making me excited about all the games that i want to go back to <laughs> it's also making me excited about games i want to replay with my kids uh or or particular games that i would never have spent time on or purchased but i'm like oh the kids will love this so i can just pop it on the switch or the steam deck and 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 just play it in little chunks um but it, and so that's i love all that and simultaneously, I am absolutely crippled with choice paralysis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right I mean, I feel like everybody deals with that at this point. I mean, I know that when we sit down to watch something at night, like I feel very <laughs> lucky that like I have such like a strong leaning for horror because it helps like it helps mm-hmm. me like narrow down like what we yeah. can possibly watch. And, you know, it, like I- I'll always be like, oh, let me see what's new on Shutter. Let me see what's like, you know, either sci fi or horror or whatever, like in my in my specific circles of interest. But like if I didn't have those, I'd be fucked. Like who the hell sits down in front of literally thousands of options of something to watch and is like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you liked everything and then how, how could you ever choose something? You have to like hate some stuff so you can at least whittle it down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, can we please? I will never watch this <laughs> romantic comedy or whatever. Um, <sighs> side note, uh, how is Shudder? Because when I first learned of Shudder's existence, I was like, this is super narrow. And mm-hmm. could it, is it, how could this succeed? Well, firstly, it's a lot like less, it? very much. Um, firstly, it's a lot less narrow than you might think because, okay. uh, you know, if you look at, for instance, some of the money that like big horror movies have made over the past couple of years, you'll be shocked. You'll be like, oh my God, like, like yeah. people are are very horror is very much like not a niche thing. Um, well, wait, be, and before I, I want to, I, I, this is very interesting to me. And when I say narrow, I meant, I didn't mean that horror is niche. I actually meant how, why would I pay money? It's like paying money for a sci-fi streaming service when sci-fi movies and TV are on every streaming service. Okay. It's so specific. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. And so my answer to that for you is, uh, Shudder started out as something different than what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, it, when it started, I had, you know, I was, I was excited. I was like, Oh my God, a dedicating, you know, a dedicated <laughs> rather network. Um, and then like I tried it and it, it seemed to me more than anything, like 
this was back in 2015. It seemed to me more than anything, like one thing it seemed to focus on, and I'm sure this was like a, you know, getting the rights kind of deal is that it really went back into a lot of like vintage, like horror. Yeah. And sure. I totally get that. That's like a thing that a lot of people wanted, but it wasn't as much what I wanted. Like I wanted a bigger, I guess, picture of what was out there in the horror world beyond just that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I will say that they, what I think they did that really worked for them and it really impressed me is that over the years, they kind of started curating uh, horror movies by turning to other countries and starting to look at what they were doing really well. Uh, so okay. thanks to Shudder now, Shudder has exclusives now, so it followed the Netflix model. Yes. Um, but their exclusives, in my horror fan opinion, tend to be like really, really good. And like, I love them. And I, I, I have to say that some of the best horror movies I've seen of the past two or three years have been shutter exclusives, like amazing. So they've gone, they, they recognize that in the streaming game, you know, you start out, like you said, like licensing the old classics and how can we build our catalog on the cheap and all that stuff, all that stuff. And, And and you were like, oh, maybe people wanted that. Uh, maybe that's nice to have. But I, I presume most people are like you, where they want compelling new original right. envelope pushing stuff. Yeah. And that's uh, Netflix learned this lesson. Amazon is spending a bajillion dollars on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, new IP and Lord of the Rings or whatever. It's like. <sighs> It, it can't just be a catalog. It has to be zeitgeisty, exactly sexy stuff yeah, that people it want. It has and to be Mandalorian. I really, f- yes, exactly. And I feel like for for my fandom, for the horror fandom, I do feel like that is something like I'm impressed, really impressed mm-hmm. by like how much they really like have nailed it over time. So, and and another thing about Shutter, if I'm not mistaken, I still think that I don't think it's ten dollars a month to to have shutter yet. I think it's still like seven or $8 maybe, which is, yeah, which is a good price point. Which well, is wait, pretty let good. me ask you about the, like, obviously you're saying the quality and the, the, the stories or the, the movies or whatever, like are good, but like, what about like how to put this? It, it, like, if a if a if George Clooney, I, I, George Clooney doesn't make Netflix movies is a bad example, but like, <laughs> Adam Sandler, George, you know, um, um, uh, Jennifer Aniston makes a show for Apple TV plus like bajillions of people are going to see and pay and subscribe to those mainstream services to watch Holly, big time Hollywood talent make big zeitgeisty things. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm asking like, if I was a movie, a horror movie director or a big star, why would I choose Shudder where proportionally much smaller audience would be than just making a horror movie on Netflix? Well, you know what I mean? Right. Well, I, I the reason why, in my opinion, is because Shudder is not holding up the... God, I can't think of the name um, of the director's last movie, but um, James Wan, the guy that made the Saw movies, he made a movie. It's not, I don't think it was called Malicious, but it was called something really similar. 
and it was exclusive on one of the streaming networks. Let okay. me see if I can Google this on my phone so I can get this right. But at any rate, mm-hmm. so like, you know, he's obviously a guy who's had like a shit ton of success on like a big platform, right? He also made yeah. um, The Conjuring. He also made the Insidious movies. Okay, wait. Oh, it, wow. it, okay. It, it was called Malignant. It was 2021. So Malignant, Malignant was like a big fucking deal when it came out. And mm-hmm. it was exclusive to... What was it exclusive to? I'm looking now. It was not Shudder, though? No. And usually they wouldn't have, quote unquote, big directors because, frankly, there aren't a lot of big directors in the horror world like there used to be, right. like, you know, with the Nightmare yeah. and Elm Street movies and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, uh, but he's he is now among the few, it sounds like. Right. Are, and he is. Yeah. But like. Okay, for instance, this is just a personal matter, but like, for instance, I am not a fan of his movies because I don't Mm -hmm. like his style. And quite frankly, Mm -hmm. I think his storytelling is terrible. So like (laughs) I tried to watch Malignant and I was like this, I I have to turn this off. This is so bad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this sucks. And so he's the the Jerry Bruckheimer of uh, (laughs) horror movies. Well, I guess maybe a good way of, of putting this to answer your question might be that if you want to see a big budget, not very good horror movie that you would be mm-hmm. the person who would go to see the James Wan movie. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to see like the cutting edge, best of the best horror thing that you've never fucking heard of because shutter went to Thailand and like dug it out of a bucket <laughs> and like you just, you watch it and go, Holy shit. What did I just experience? That's why you're signed up to shutter. Cause shutter has Great. shit that no one else will have and that no one else will have even fucking heard of. So for me, I mean, it, it sounds pretty hipstery when I say it like that, but for me, you like know. it's just so exciting and i love 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 that about it and i mean they're not you know limited to asian countries they you know they pull their mm-hmm. content from such a wide scale of countries but like one of the best horror movies i've seen in the last year was thai like that's not easy to get your hands on <laughs> yep so you've per- you've perfectly answered the question it's about yeah. taste and it's about fandom and it's about specificity and it's about whoever's running that platform on the creative end like knows their shit and knows what the cutting edge hardcore fans totally. want out of it totally and, then, and they and their and their mission their like content mission should be no we will not rest until the the truly the best horror is on our platform to me that is what they do do. yeah that is what they do and like i will not lie like i i follow them on facebook i follow them on social media Mm -hmm. and like every month when they're like this is what's coming this month and like they start dropping trailers to stuff they've acquired i'm excited every month that's hey that's and it's like that's pretty cool right because it's like yeah i still keep an eye on what's new on netflix and you know like i i watch that stuff but it is cool to have something that like caters directly to me i love that yeah. So yeah. asked, asked and answered perfectly. This that's very because I really didn't know. I, I just didn't know why or how that in a world of a billion streaming services, how why, this, right. this little how thing could, could that, exist. Yeah, how could it be sustainable? Yeah. you know who is it for? Um, it's for me. Even, it's for you. But even like I understand what Crunchyroll is and who it's for, mm-hmm. and and that model makes sense to me. But Again, in a world where Netflix has a fuck ton of anime back catalog right, and a like new original series. Why would series, you watch that? 
how are you competing? And right. I know the answer is what you're saying, but um, it's fat. I, these niche uh, streaming services are very compelling to me. So just a quickie note so I can answer that question for you because and then you'll mm -hmm. never have to wonder again. So mm -hmm. there's this thing called anime simulcasts, which please feel hmm. free to stop me if you know. But what it means is that is that when the anime is airing live in Japan, it's also hmm. airing here with English dubs. Or sorry, subs it, or dubs. Yeah. So airing mean like like on broadcast television? Correct. So like when it Not is when it is playing in Japan, it is also debuting that same day, American time, so you don't have to watch it at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but like right. otherwise, the point okay, so here's the point, and I gotta go back one more step to make this clear. Mm -hmm. So it used to be way back in the nineties, a thousand gazillion years ago, that if you mm -hmm. If you liked anime and and you were watching a show and that show was coming out in Japan, what you had to do was wait until someone fan subbed it before right. you could watch your episode, right? And if you were lucky, that might be like a week, a month, like who <laughs> knows? So knowing that a lot of fans had like that kind of interest, anime finally got big enough in the States to the point where there was value in simulcasting the anime, meaning that as an American viewer, you got to see a new episode at the same time that the Japanese viewer does. So, but was that broadcast on television? And if so, where be be I'm saying before streaming services existed, is that what you mean? Uh, I think the it, simulcast, I don't really think there was any way to simulcast before. No, and I'm, and I'm sure, not. I'm sure the, uh, I'm sure the discord will correct me if I'm wrong, but anyway, mm -hmm. the, the TLDR version of this story is Crunchyroll offers simulcasts for like, whatever the biggest anime are that are currently running. That's really cool. And that's the that's only cool. way I do not think I do not know if Netflix offers that or not. I would have to look. I don't think so. No, I don't imagine so. But, but point Hulu being, Hulu does if though. You, Hulu does. Oh, oh, well, cause they have a live TV thing too. Maybe that's part of it. Could be. To that, so, but, but that's part of the, part of the picture basically, right? You're like, well, why? Well, you know, the, I would call like Netflix, like great for the casual anime person. And I yes, would call Crunchyroll exactly. for Crunchyroll is like the, the shutter for the anime person. I would yeah, say it, it, exactly. It's ma it's making so much more sense. And I guess I, I presumed that like, well, Crunchyroll has the deep, deep, deep cuts, the, the, the Japanese stuff that was never translated or like it, that Crunchyroll has like quote unquote, everything that right. a fan would want right. whereas netflix only has the surface level stuff but i com was completely unaware of the simulcast of like i need to watch this the minute it it appears in the world and the only way to do that in real time right ish yeah is with a simulcast yeah, yeah that's when cool. you mentioned when you were saying that i was like oh i don't think he knows that's so cool i no. can tell him this and like he will yep. understand that model in a brand new way so i'm glad i could explain yep. it yeah, that's really cool. That's really compelling. Uh, all right. Uh, back to one or two more video games here. Uh, Pedro Cortez says, uh, I finished Radical Dreamers while on a train. Uh, its historical connections with Chrono Cross are fascinating, especially when you look at the similarities between Radical Dreamers and Chrono Cross. Similar characters, similar music, similar setting, similar upsetting fates. For beloved characters, it feels like the midstep between major entries in the Chrono series. That's really um, fascinating to me because I never have played Radical Dreamers, and I also yep. have not 
dove into the Chrono Cross remake the way that I wanted to. Um, so I am kind of like, shit, I need to do that. <laughs> but especially because, you know, you know, uh, the bat, the front and back of, of those stories. And this sounds like a really easy way to get in, in, in between, in the grooves of, of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that I, yeah, I do know those stories pretty well. I don't remember Chrono Crosses super well, which is one of the reasons why I was looking forward to replaying it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, definitely am. This is something I'd like to have filled in. So I think I'm going to check that out. Okay. Thanks, Pedro. Thanks, Pedro. Uh, we, man, every time we get these community suggestions, it's like, I, I got a lot of games to go <laughs> play know. and replay. And <laughs> I want to, I want to replay and play everything in here. I know it's so unfair. <sighs> All right. We have to move on to what we're playing. Uh, who's going to go first? Because I cannot wait to hear about Diablo Immortal, <laughs> but may- maybe we save it. Maybe we save your section for the end as the final. Keep them, you know, keep them on the hook. You know what well, I say in TV? Keep them wanting more. I am okay either way. So I am I am tickled by the fact that you would be that excited to hear my impressions of of a game. So um, yes, perhaps yeah. we will figure it out when we come back from the break. Yeah, we got to save it. Uh, it's like Christmas morning. It's more fun <laughs> when you when you get to wait for it. Uh, so now look, we're part of we're part of uh, a big network now, and the man says we got to take a commercial break. So we're going to talk about, I guess we'll talk about what I'm playing uh, briefly, and then we'll talk about uh, Diablo Immortal and, and more when we come back from this commercial break. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. We're back to talk about more video games. Video games. Uh, games. All right. Are we saving? We're saving your big reveal to the end. Is That's that official? totally fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. Okay. Here is what I am playing. And I'll, I'll tell you a little teensy backstory. Uh, there is a lovely uh, YouTube channel called switch up i'm sure you've seen them if you ever like looking for switch game reviews uh they do roundups of uh like hey here's the best rpgs on switch here's a bunch of games that are on sale check them out and so i highly recommend them and they pop up in my feed all the time so i was looking at like deals on switch like all these games are on sale right now they're really good or check them out whatever and uh was looking through them and oh, and I was, <laughs> this was like early in the morning on a weekend. So I'm just like watching it on my phone and my son is curled up in bed with me and I'm like, oh, Aww. check out these Switch games. Maybe we could get them, you know, and he just, any, any video, any like new game, he's like, oh, I want to, can we get that? Can we get that? You know, Aww. typical uh, kid. Cause he, he loves, he loves games. And so we're, we're tabbing through, we're scrolling through the video and um, I see that Panzer Dragoon is on sale 
for like $2.39. Does this game, do you know anything about this I remember it. Okay, you know know it. Uh, And you know what? I got to do a teensy bit of homework here in real time. Uh, This was for, was it for what system? Um, 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 The PS1? Was it PS1? That seems like it might be right to me, maybe. So I think it was originally on Sega Saturn. Oh, okay. Games are to E. Yeah, because so my memory of this game was I I had a good friend in uh, elementary and middle school, and he was not exactly an only child, but like he was the only child in the house, and therefore. had every video game not saying he was spoiled but i just mean like you know there were families with multiple kids and there were families with like one kid and he had all the new video game systems almost as they came out so like a normal family would have an nes and he had an nes a super nes a genesis and then like sega saturn comes Uh out and of course he had sega saturn too so I never owned or played this game, but I have very distinct memories of going to his house and um, and and playing it with him and seeing him play it. Mm-hmm. And it it's fucking cool because it's riding on this cool, weird, futuristic dragon, and you're like shooting enemies, but you're flying in space, and it's 3D. Like it was, you know, this is Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. This is pre PS One day, so it's polygonal. 3D. It it probably looked really cool and realistic in its day. And it was just this like high fantasy aerial setting. It's a rail shooter. It's like Star Fox where you're just moving through the environment. But what's cool is you can kind of um, look all around. Like you are seated on the dragon. You can look all around the dragon and look in in 360 degrees more or less. And shoot things on the side, shoot things on the front. So I re- I've always remembered this game. And then they did a remaster of it for Switch and probably PC uh, recently. And so it's on sale for $2.39. <laughs> and then with my Switch points or whatever, you know how when you buy games on Switch, you like accrue yeah. little point, um, uh, amount, you, uh, points. And then if you buy enough shit... It's like, oh, I have $3. I have $5 I could put towards the next game. Yeah. So I apply my points, and the grand total for Panzer Dragoon Remake, 71 cents. <laughs> I love that. I bought I bought a video game. Uh, my, my son and I are in bed, and we bought a video game for 71 cents. Love it. And I'm here to tell you that this is a bad game. I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't expect that for some reason. So please do, do go on. Uh, look, uh, I, this game sells for like 23, 25 bucks. And, and if you loved it as a kid and you have fond memories of it and you want to revisit it, like they did the work, they have different control schemes. You can do the gyro, you, whatever. I just, I just think like a modern updating of it could be cool and interesting Mm -hmm. but i think they just like kind of remastered polished up the existing game which a does not run very well it's it's just the frame rate is super janky and whatever 
And the other thing about it that I just, it's really frustrating is like, it's, it's very hard to aim. So you're aiming this reticule, which is like a 3D uh, cone of boxes. You know, if you know the game, you know what I'm talking about. So it's not like a crosshair. It's not like Star Fox where you're kind of aiming your ship and you're shooting. You're moving the dragon with one stick. If this is what it is. You can move the dragon anywhere, but you're on rails. So the level is moving itself. So you are moving, the level's moving, and then you're also trying to aim with the right stick. And if the level mo- if the level kind of turns a little turns a corner to the left or kind of rises up, there's just something about the control scheme where the the aiming reticule moves with it. So you're like, oh, let me get this bad guy. And then all of a sudden, your crosshair is like on the other side of the fucking screen. And you're like, what the I didn't. I didn't move it there. What it's moving itself. It took me like four levels to wow. realize that the level was moving, not the crosshair was moving. And I found it to be extremely disorienting. Oh, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like, if you really went hard on this game when you were a kid, then you would get the hang of it. But having played like, <laughs> you're not going to do that now. Well, I might do it now, but my brain has been trained to fly an X-Wing or play uh, Fortnite or whatever. I haven't actually never played Fortnite. But, like, there are rules when it comes to aiming a, f- a gun at something in a video game. And this, ga- this game does not follow those rules. So my brain did not have the patience to figure that out. Um, and that combined with like a very janky frame rate, very janky presentation. I was like, man, this was such a cool thing in its time. And I think if you love this game, it's so nice and cool to have a a cool updated version on your Switch. Yeah. But I, I'm afraid to – my son was excited to play it. He's like, oh, can we play the Dragon game? I'm like, yeah, let's check it out. But I'm afraid to give it to him because I'm just worried he'll be super frustrated by it. He and probably hate it, you will know what be. I mean? Yeah. I mean, so I, I, again, if you loved it in its day, uh, do check it out. I, I, like get it on, get it for $2. Like fucking why not? But, uh, I was bummed anyway. Yeah. I my hear 71 that. cents was, was, was well spent on just seeing what's up with this and having something to talk about. Um, and the only other thing I'll share here before we, uh, hop over to your segment is that, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim continues to be my main meat and potatoes game right now. Hmm. Uh, It is, it is my going to bed game where I like to just bring the switch into bed at night and sort of wrap up the evening with that. Um, Not always the best because it's like, a lot of it is visual novel, so it's a lot of um, skipping. It's a lot of st- story, not even skipping, but it's just a lot of story, and that's not a bad thing. But at sleepy time, I- I'm in the middle of battles or I'm in the middle of scenes, and I'm just like, oh, I'm, not, I'm losing it, not paying attention, night night. But that being said, um, I want to shout out two things f- f- for it. One truly insane levels of quality of life this is the this game has the best menu system save system uh option systems that i have seen in a video game in so so long and by that i mean like 
you can adjust how many milliseconds are between dialogue uh lines of dialogue so you know in like a in like a story heavy game where a character a is like i can't believe the reactor blew up what are we gonna do pause pause (laughs) pause i don't know uh yasuki well maybe we should do this you can remove all of that space and just have the dialogue go snap, 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 snap. And you just let it, and, and you can also have the option of letting it play or tabbing through it. So once you choose to have a conversation with the character, it becomes like a little movie, which again, I'm not super into as a, as a gameplay mechanic, but like, it's so nice that I can m- make everything snappy and speedy. Uh, and, and then what else? There were other things about it. You can save anywhere. So it's like, uh, oh, I'm in the middle of a conversation. I just press pause and I save. And then I can pick it up again wherever I am. Like, I don't know. Ev- everything you want from this game in terms of ac- accessibility and ease of use and simplicity is there. It runs spectacularly on a Switch. Um and I, I just have to, I just wanted to shout out like how nice the presentation is on this game. I'm super impressed with that. Um, and then, you know, I'm still making my way through it. It's much, I think it's much bigger than I thought. Cause I, I feel like I've been playing it for a while and I realize now I'm really just sort of out of the beginning tutorial, maybe first phase, first battle phase of it. So uh, I am, probably much earlier earlier in the game than i (laughs) thought i would be yeah which is great because i'm like whoa i think this is gonna this is gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger the i the the this is not a criticism it's just an it's something i find i find interesting about it the battle system i did not i could not comprehend the battle system for the entire tutorial and the entire first uh wave is not the right term there's like 10 waves per battle i think so i've gone through uh, an entire tutorial an entire battle and i only just now get the battle system and it was frustrating me because i'm like i i think this tactical battle thing is really cool i just don't know what i'm doing so i'm kind of just fumbling around through it and hoping that i'm making good decisions and i'm finally getting it it's it's real time, but it's pause in real time. And the game f- doesn't pause at first. So you sort of have to select the characters first and then it goes into pause. And you, you're most of the attacks you can move and attack. And then it's like, but you can also just move. And I'm like, why would I just move if I can move and attack? Isn't that wasting a turn? Well, actually, the moving is you can move much further and you can anticipate where the enemies appear. So and also the the it's an overhead battle system and you're looking at like a computer like a very hyper stylized like computer rendering of what's actually happening on the battlefield so and it's very it's very beautiful but it's very stylized and almost cluttered in a like very digital way so there are many times when i'm playing on a tiny switch light where i'm like 
I can't even fucking see what's going on here. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know which characters are which. Uh, the enemies are like little bleep bleeps and bloops space invaders on the on the board. Like I don't know. Is this a bad? Is this bad guy really bad or is he like a little guy? I I can't tell what is happening. Someone explain this to me. And it took all the way through the first battle. Which you also, which also forces you to unlock a lot of story, and oh, you got to do, you got to open up this character, and this character has a cast needs to have a conversation with this character before you can progress the battle. So, so there was a, I guess what I'm saying is like, there's a point in this where it was like, man, this is a lot, and I, I know this game's really good, but I don't, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to get there. And I'm really glad that I got there because, like, it's great and the story is cool. I- I've said this before. The voice acting is spectacular. Like, it's anime, but it is. Like, I mean, a, hey, there's a, a lot of good anime voice acting in the world. Oh, like, for sure. But I mean, I yeah. hear you when it's really good. You're like, wow, that's fucking that's fucking good. It's like mo- it's like movie quality or like high end anime quality. Good. Where. It's, you know, it's dialogue about giant sci-fi robots. So, like, this is not going to be Shakespeare. So, like, a lesser game would have actors that were like, oh, no, look out for that thing. But but in this, it's like there's weight and there's emotion and there's resonance and there's character development uh in all of it and um i'm just very impressed Th- this is the kind of you know i guess i'm I, like I, I said this here i i'm thinking about um triangle strategy where the acting is very poor i'm thinking about like xenoblade chronicles which i was so disappointed with mm-hmm. uh in terms of like story and characters and stuff like that and just it was just so goofy and over the top and this so easily could have been that and it's not it has a sophistication to it that i'm very impressed with so anyway i i don't i'm just way too early in it to be like whoa wait till you see this like i just don't know but i'm impressed and liking and i'm also just liking where it sits in my gaming life of like I will continue this game. I will finish this game, but probably in like 30 minute chunks here and there. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. I like that. It's nice that so many different kinds of kinds of games can be good in so many different kinds of ways. I feel like, the longer we record these things, you know, together and we talk about games, the more I kind of come away with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and back to uh nosby from the discord of like, find come bouncing off something, coming back to it at a later time in your life with a different form factor. I, yeah, it's just a cool time to, uh, to enjoy this medium. Uh, we, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Yeah. Video games video are games. pretty good. Video games. Uh, I, Christmas morning has arrived. <laughs> I must know. I here's what I need to know. I need to know if 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 I'm downloading Diablo Immortal on my phone. Like, well, once we're done. I, I okay. So I did. I did see you playing a bit of Diablo for a while there on the Switch. Where like I'd be playing yeah. whatever 
what, what was I playing on the switch forever? Uh, Kirby. And I'd see you logging <laughs> in and, and playing Diablo every night. I was like, okay, Matt, Matt's got a groove here. That's pretty cool. And sending you legendary gear that would fa- <laughs> fall out of uh, chests yes. because, because like you're the only friend on Nintendo that I have <laughs> who also plays Diablo. And it was like, Oh, here's a sword for, 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 for <laughs> You're like, yeah, what? I was like, all right, I guess I'll, I don't know. I'll send it to you. I'll mail it to you. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) So, okay. So, um, so yeah, Blizzard got a lot of shit when they announced that they were going to make a mobile Diablo. And I personally was like pretty hyped about it (laughs) because I knew it wasn't going to be like, you know, a full Diablo game, but like, I really, really, really love Diablo. Like we've talked about that on this show many, many times. I love Diablo and like, you know, pretty happy if I can like, you know, have a Diablo game to play. So I was like, you know, it'll be a phone game, which probably means that it'll have microtransactions and it probably means it'll have, you know, this and that. But, you know, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay with all that, you know. So uh, I have been, you know, on the waiting list for a while um, Mm -hmm. and I was expecting it out tomorrow. So like, you know, the dork I am, I even had written in my planner, you know. (laughs) <laughs> june 2nd yeah. diablo with lots yeah. of o's we've we've all got calendar uh events on our calendars <laughs> for these sorts of things you know yes so uh yeah so today um i got a pop up of my phone that said uh diablo immortal is ready for download i was like yes Ooh, but okay. the thing that i was really excited about was that i think it's been like a few weeks or maybe a month now that they had announced a blizzard rather had announced that they intended to put out a PC version. And that was not the original Mm. announcement at all. Like that got added later down the line. And I'm not sure why exactly they chose to do that, but I was very happy because Mm -hmm. I would prefer to play it on a PC because I'm used to playing Diablo on a PC or on a big screen and like I like phone games, but like I don't know that I want to play Diablo on a phone, right? Mm-hmm. That's just me. Some people won't mind. Um, so I downloaded it for PC, which, and then I learned that even though it unlocked a day early, only the mobile version unlocked a day early. So you cannot go okay. play it on PC right now, but you can preload it, and it'll play tomorrow. Oh, so it will, it will. And, and for listeners, we are record, we are here on Wednesday oh, yeah, evening. God. Thank so you for- by the time, yeah, by the time you hear this, uh, so I, that was actually one of my first questions was like, oh, is the PC version delayed? Is it later in the year? But no, it's, it's like a couple days days. Right. Yeah. Just, just to be, just to be clear. So today is June 1st when we're recording this podcast and that is the day that the mobile version dropped early. And then as of June 2nd, tomorrow, uh, the it'll be available. So, so what I did is this a is this a beta where you waitlisted or is it available to everyone? No, it's available to everybody. It'll be available okay. to everybody tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get into the original beta, which was much to my sadness. But mm. so I saw that the PC one wasn't there, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll put it on my phone. And then I was like, wait, if I'm gonna play this and I'm not gonna play it, I want a way to play it that's not sitting in front of my computer. I'm going yeah. to install it on my iPad Pro, which is 
newish. Yeah. You know, I only bought it a few months ago, and I thought, hey, I haven't really played a game like in a devoted way, but but like on on this on this iPad, but Hey, if this is the perfect game for it. Mm. And I also just treated myself to the, um, the purple PlayStation DualShock controller, which I've wanted for like a while. Cause it went on sale mm. for like 30 bucks mm. off. And mm-hmm. I was like, yes. So <laughs> powered everything up, downloaded it, charged up the iPad, basically had it like next to my, like on my desk, like next to my monitor for work. And I was like the moment yes. this fucking yes. day ends, right? The yes. moment. So work ends and I'm like, yes. So I fire it up. So I am a person who does not like to read a lot of stuff, teasing a game up to a game. If I'm really, really excited about the game, I think Mm -hmm. I've said that on the show before. So I actually didn't want to read anything about the classes about like, I just avoided it. Cause I just, I just, you know, I thought it would be fun to like be surprised. So what I learned was that, wait, wait, cliffhanger we're gonna find out what you learned because we must take a commercial break (laughs) i cannot wait to find out what you learned and i'm gonna have a lot of questions for you when we come back from this important message Colette, question for you. Yeah. Do you like sound? Sounds are pretty good, I think. Most sounds. Yeah. I mean, there's some sounds that are really bad, but like, you know, for the most part, I think about sounds I like, like cat purring and the sound of a rainstorm. When you're playing Ghostwire Tokyo or Tokyo Ghostwire, as you occasionally (laughs) call it, you're hearing those sounds. You're hearing the rain in Japan. You're hearing cats and other animals, right? All those things are completely true, yes. What if you could hear the sounds? while you're playing video games. I think that sounds like it would be pretty good. Eliminate the clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming. This is for PC and for console. Specifically, it's great for PlayStation. It's the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Now, let me tell you something. I'm a professional audio producer. When I do this for work, it's way too scary to go wireless. I need the wires, but for gaming, you don't want to be tethered down, right? That sounds like the best thing I could be doing with my free time. You're free to move about. You can hop up, get a snack. The Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation is lightweight. It's comfortable. It's very reliable for wireless freedom. So you're not going to miss anything. Hey, maybe you got to take a break. Go to the bathroom. Bring your headset into the bathroom. You don't want to miss those cats purring and the rain in <laughs> Tokyo. While you're on the potty. Wow, you really tailored this for me, didn't you? Listen, high quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers like, you know, have you heard of Target? <laughs> I think I've seen that place. Best Buy. Nino. Amazon. Thank you to HyperX for sponsoring this podcast. You can get the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless headset for PC and for console at any fine electronics retailer, or you can buy direct from HyperX.com and hp.com. If you like sound, check them out. We're back. Okay. Diablo. Yes. So, so here's what I did. So, you know, I couldn't play it today on PC, which is what I wanted. So I put it on my iPad, as I said a second ago, and, you know, got everything all fired up and had no idea what to expect other than, you know, a Diablo game kind of how I wanted it to be. 
So uh, I I am a person who when when I played Diablo two, I played the now defunct assassin class, which was my favorite class. Um, today now defunct. What What do you mean? That, did uh, that get removed from the game? Yeah, there's no more assassin class in in the current Diablos. I don't know why, really? but they chose to replace it with a monk class instead. <sighs> Which, oh, but they didn't remove it from two, meaning there's when they uh, went on to three, they stopped. They yes, didn't include so, it. Is sorry, that, what you mean? That, that was not clear at all. Yes, no, totally. that, that class was not available after Diablo 2. When Diablo 3 came, that class was missing and a new class called Monk had replaced it, Mm -hmm. which I would Mm -hmm. say has some similar stuff, but Assassin was a class that had like hand-to-hand combat with knives and then also had um, traps and stuff. So Monk is a little different. Monk is like a hard-hitting melee kind of style character, um, which is totally my jam as far as like what how I like to play. Mm-hmm. So, um, I made a monk because those are always the most fun for me to play and I popped in and it's Diablo, man. It's exactly the Diablo <laughs> that, that I expect, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Like, so how do these controls feel? I don't think I would want to play this game with my fingers. Like I, one thing for me is that I'm used to playing Diablo on a, on a big screen. Cause I've always played it on, on computers, So like, I don't like having a bunch of stuff crowded on my screen and even playing Mm, on a 12.9 inch iPad, like I'm like, shit, I wish like the HUD was not in the way of, you know, like I don't like that real estate being taken up, but that's just personal preference. There's no, you know, it's not, it's not poorly done. Like it's, it's done well. Right. I, I don't mind touch controls when they're done right, but it's, it's blocking the screen with my fat hands. Right. It's just, that's one of the things that I've never liked about that type, you know, playing on phones when you have to have video game esque controls. I'm always like, uh, no, like I don't, you know, quick. So quick question here. You were talking about your new PS five controller as if you were, I thought you were going to pair it with the iPad and, and use a controller to play the game, but does it even have controller support? Yes. Well, I mean, yes, it does because I was like, well, Hey, I'm just going to connect my, my um, controller to Bluetooth and I'm going to see if it, if it lets me play and it does and it's fine. It's very comfortable. Um, so I cannot really speak to what it would be like to play it on a touchscreen because I've not done that at all. Um, but I did put about two hours in and I will say that I've enjoyed everything about it so far. It feels good. It plays well, you know, being the monk is hard hitting and feels, uh, rewarding to kill stuff, you know? Um, the one thing that threw me for a loop and I knew it was coming just because I knew a mobile game would have this is the point at which you move from navigating the world on your own to when they move you into navigating the living world with all the other people playing the game. Ah, yeah. And I will tell you that as soon as the world chat appeared at the bottom of the screen and I could see what total <laughs> strangers were saying, I actually said you aloud. <laughs> and see, that's like, that's my that's ran, what I'm waiting for. Ran that's my to favorite the settings. Part. Oh, is it? That's so funny. Yeah, I ran to the settings. I was like, turn this the fuck off. I hate this. So <laughs> so yeah. So um but other than that, like as long I, my thing is that I don't like, and I've said this on the show before, I don't like to play games with people I don't know. So when I can set it up in a party and like meet people that I want to play with online, like 
cool. I'll be all about mm-hmm. doing that. But like, I don't mm-hmm. want to just play with some fucking rando. Like, I'm not interested in that. And I sure as shit don't want to hear what they're talking about. Like, get the fuck <laughs> off my screen right now. Um. Anyway, so a couple of takeaways. Um. That part is a little weird. I haven't played enough. I think I think I finished at about level 12. So the leveling in the beginning does feel kind of fast. Um, yeah. OK. But I mean, that was fun. Um, I felt like it was easy. I did not see any opportunity to choose difficulty settings. I'm sure they Mm. may be there and I just didn't investigate. I'll have to do that after the podcast because I'm going to try to play a little bit more. Um, But it felt, you know, pretty easy to me. It didn't feel super challenging right out of the gate. Uh, I, they have made some tweaks to the inventory system that I like. They're very small tweaks, but for instance, this is something that always used to bug the shit out of me. The way you used to kind of have to like hover over like a piece of armor or whatever, and kind of like figure out, okay, yeah, this is better, blah, blah, blah. They've now added a little green arrow. And if the armor that you've just looted off the ground is an improvement on whatever you're carrying of that type, it'll automatically tell you by putting a little green arrow next on the little picture of the item, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's, it does. And it's that visually the, just a lot easier to me. I know there were differences between the console Switch versions of Diablo 3 and the PC version, but if memory serves that sort of arrow system was in diablo 3 at least on switch right you had it on switch too so so that must be Mm -hmm. the case and i guess uh, i think it's good what always threw me off was um hey this armor has better defense and better some other stat but it has worse this stat matt I'm, I'm not remembering exactly what it was but it's like it has better physical defense but and better attack but it has worse magical defense right and so there was always like one it's like there's one red arrow so is this armor objectively better, better right. or is it well and that's the thing not is that, as good you know the game always wanted you to make those kind of call kind of calls like yes. oh okay you yes. can do more damage with this weapon but you're not you know your magic defense won't be as good as what or whatever so exactly you know you know how it is early diablo you're like well i have shit i'm wearing like a paper bag and i'm attacking things <laughs> with like a stick that i found on the ground so like you know anything is better right so i've just been like methodically like you know grabbing everything that is better and just salvaging the rest because I'm in the beginning yes. of the game. I won't do that in another two or three game hours. Um, right. But, you know, am, am I having fun? Yeah, definitely. Um, I hit the part of the game where it was like, like, like I started to hit the kind of like, Oh, daily, your daily quest stuff, you know, the mm-hmm. stuff you hit in mm-hmm. mobile games. And I'm like, okay, here mm-hmm. it is. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. too weird. I don't feel like I'm drowning in like, you know, Hey, you need to buy this to advance. I am mm-hmm. expecting though, that like, I'm going to be offered to buy things that would make me overpowered much more quickly. And I know that pisses some people off. And for me personally, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, I know a lot of people who play Diablo to power level it and min max it and get like the absolute like optimal experience, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not that person. My primary reason to play Diablo is to run around and kill shit because I enjoy doing Mm -hmm. that. So like Mm -hmm. I am probably not going to go for, oh, I want to be super, you know. 
I want to like, I saw a guy in the, in the party chat right before I turned it off. Sorry, world chat right before I turned it off. And he said, I'm just trying to get to 60 as fast as possible. And I was like, that doesn't <laughs> sound fun. Like I, I am not that person. I'm a person who wants to take my time getting there. Right. So, um, anyway, that's, so that's just me. Um, but I can say that like so far, like, is it stellar? Does it reinvent like Diablo? No, it totally doesn't. It's, it's, you know, it's like having a favorite donut and getting <laughs> and opening the box and you have your warm favorite glazed donut or whatever. And there, there it and is. You're like, that's yeah, the donut I want. And you eat it and you're like, yeah, that's nice. It's like that. That's how it feels to yep. me. You know, um, I yep. did note and I, this is kind of sad, actually, but I did note while I was playing it. The voices are the voice acting is great. And I was thinking to myself, oh, cool. no one plays Diablo for the story. No one. And like, right. it's a shame in a way, because like I was actually listening to the voice acting and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the guy that plays Deckard Kane, who is, of course, my favorite, because, you know, for well over a decade now, I've been walking around, you know, saying stay a while and listen to like stay a while and listen <laughs> to well, anybody that will listen to me. <laughs> back up the truck. I have a thousand questions, okay. but for starters, <laughs> I, I, can, I can stop. No, no, I don't want you to stop. But like, not no spoilers here. But like, when does this take place? Because uh, knowing what we know about Diablo three, that character uh, is not really uh, relevant anymore. Am I wrong? No, you're right. And actually, when I saw him, I was like, oh, maybe this takes place before that. And mm -hmm. I, if I had read all of the like lead up stuff about the game, I would probably know like about the timeline of where immortal takes place. But since I avoided okay. all that, cause I wanted to be surprised. Right. I don't know what time period okay. it falls I'll have, in. I'll so have we'll to, have to find out. Uh, yeah. Yes. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that is that this, I mean, they good director game directors can do amazing work with like sound alike voice actors meaning like like we're we're playing lego star wars uh with the i'm playing with the kids mm -hmm. and like you would think ewan mcgregor was in this game but he's totally not wow but it really like all the actors sound really really good wow. like their movie counterparts so i guess i'm wondering like is it the guy who played Deckard Kane? Is it really him or is he? Uh, if, it's, I don't know. if it's not him, it sounds just the fuck like him. Like yeah, I would be kind of we'll shocked. Yeah, I would be kind of shocked if it wasn't. But, you know, you never know. I, I guess it's yeah. I guess it's possible. Um, yeah. OK, go on. You have you said you have many, many questions. I have many. Oh, Deckard Kane voice Michael Gao or Gaug. And I'm just confirming that he is alive. Yeah, he's 65, but he looks like he's doing well. Okay, um, so he is, in fact, the same Deckard Kane then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if I, I'd have to, like, okay, filmography. Are they showing TV? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Video games. Is he listed in Diablo Immortal? Wasting time. Oh, he was in Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. He played some orcs. That's cool. Um, man, he's done so much stuff. I don't know. This is not in chronological order. Anyway, my questions are, one was going to be about, yeah, he's not listed in Diablo Immortal, but maybe it's too Interesting. soon to know. Okay, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to dig and see because I wouldn't have, I have to admit I wouldn't have thought of that. You partially answered the question, which is um, like, 
Is there a story, and it sounds like there is a storyline that you follow before, as you or before you enter the the multiplayer world? Is that like yeah. how is it sectioned out? Uh, yeah, no, I mean they'll they do they do give you some story, and um, I. And none of it was really filled in enough, basically, but like uh, fairly early on, you definitely do like meet Deckard Kane. And I and then I, I immediately was like, okay, that was what made me go, oh, where is this? You know, what where in the time period yeah. is all this? Um mm-hmm. so yeah, that that is but I mean, yeah, so I, I I my guess is that all of this will be like woven together in the proper like place, but I just haven't I'm too early on to know like how that's going to work out. So totally, totally. So keep, keep us posted on that. But so, but more importantly, uh, in my line of questioning here is like, okay, as you said, no one plays Diablo for the story, which is, you know, partially true. I, I, I agree with you and understand, but like there are some deep lore heads who really care about it. So I think that's awesome. So if there is a story or it's a prequel or it's an interstitial story, like, and it's good, that's pretty cool. So I might come to it for that. But more importantly, you know, I, I want to play this game to kill stuff like you do mm-hmm. and to realize some sort of um, play style or gear synergy or meta gameplay, but especially in relation to other players. So I guess what I'm asking is like, if I just wanted to play more Diablo, I, I would go and play Diablo 3 because that's a really good version of Diablo. Mm-hmm. But if this is like a Diablo MMO, like Path of Exile really appeals to me, not because I want more Diablo in my life, mm-hmm. but because it's an insanely complex and deep and online living multiplayer experience it's a live service game yeah so diablo as a live service game super appeals to me so Mm -hmm. my question for you is like all right you did a tutorial and you did a story mission and you leveled up and then at some point you entered some sort of world hub right where uh, where other people are there and so i guess what is that like and what do you do do you party up do you can you is there an economy are you can you trade with other players like what's going on it's the problem there well not problem but the 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 note there I have to make is that I pretty much crossed into that world and then was like, Oh, I got to go save so I can do something <laughs> for the podcast. So yeah. I'm, that's exactly where I'm stopped. Like got in, okay. realized I could see the world chat was like, fuck this, turn that off. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, and then I texted you and you were like, Oh, can you record that thing before we record? And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yes. So I'm stuck right there. Um, so I'll have to find out now, you know, obviously off show, I can, you know, text you and tell you what I've learned, but, um, that I guess is where I'll find out really if, you know, what I'm experiencing is really different and fun or whether that part doesn't translate so well. So my guess is that I'm going to find that out in the next couple of hours. Cause if it is a true live service game and it is truly alive and the things that I would want from it are a player driven economy, you know, not, maybe it's not going to be like Eve online style, but like some way to interact, like, Oh, I worked really hard to craft or find or loot this cool thing. And I could either keep, 
keep it or I could sell it for profit in order to get this other. Like I want cool multidimensional goals to work towards that could involve other players. Um, and some sort of living world where like, hey, there's an event going on or there's a raid or there's a, you know, there's a, there are things to participate in because that's what, that was what ultimately let, let me down with Diablo three. Like I, I understand rifts and, and uh, multiplayer and whatever, but it was just like, it was grinding for gear in order to get more gear in order to grind for more gear and i do i totally respect and understand that but it's like there's something about being in a social ecosystem where it's like well i can't wait to wear my kick-ass armor because then i'm gonna look cool when i go into the world hub like that you know, this is like, for, why do people play Fortnite? To get cool-ass Fortnite skins to look cool. Like, right, right. So that, it's like, I'm if in. you're not playing with people, then what's the point of getting all that stuff? Diablo 3 lacked that final, uh, that final measure of social proof right that i did cool stuff in this game because at the end of the day i was still alone in my town with npcs in uh, diablo 3 that so makes sense again like an mmo diablo on my phone i'm listening i right. want to know more right right definitely well i guess this is it remains to be seen it's it's the next thing i'm going to see so to be continued. Yes, I'll be reporting back next week and uh, <laughs> telling everybody what I think. Great, great. Any other games on your current radar besides that one? You know, I was in that same place that you were in, um, with kind of not being, not feeling quite the right fit with something. But I did realize as we were talking that I did finish Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, last week. <laughs> I know because like, holy shit. Number one, I never finish any games. I feel like sometimes <laughs> K-pop horn. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And like quickly, I'll just say that while far from a perfect game, I did mm. enjoy the game. I did enjoy the ending and how things came together. And I found that while I really hadn't like, felt like I wasn't super engaged with the story, but then after finishing, I was like, Oh, you know, they kind of wrapped that up. Well, I kind of almost feel like I wish I had, I, I kind of feel like if I played it again, like I would probably enjoy the story more from beginning to end, knowing what was coming, if that makes any hmm. sense. Oh yes. Which is, I don't remember if we've talked about it here at length, but well, we must've that there are two kinds of people in this world. People who are like insanely averse to spoilers mm -hmm. and who will, who will literally uh, sh chain you to the wall if you spoil something for them. Mm -hmm. And then there are the other side, uh, and I'm thinking of my wife's cousin, who's lovely, and she's, and I don't know what the hell we were talking about. She's like, yeah, so whenever I, wa whenever I go see a movie, I, uh, I read the Wikipedia plot for the movie first before I go to the movie yeah, theater. Yeah, I knew, I knew a person everyone, like this. I knew a person like this. Everyone in the room was like, what? Why? Are you crazy? And she's like, yeah, because when I know the ending, I can appreciate the details leading up to it. And And I immediately was like, Fuck, you're right. You're a genius. No, you, she you, is. This is and the I right get way. it. I get it. I wouldn't want to do it personally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it. Cause I had a friend that did this too. And she told me the exact same thing. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's funny in a world where we really probably won't return to video, like to certain video games. Like we won't re we're, we're not going to spend another 50 hours playing a game. Probably the same game, right? Mm, probably not. Probably not. So in order to appreciate and experience those magical details, you'd have to go back and watch the movie again or play the play the game again. Right. But in this way, it's a bit of a shortcut because on your first watch, you're already appreciating the extra stuff. Yeah. It's, because it's, you've read it's the synopsis. Interesting. It really, yeah, it really does. It, it left me with something to think about in that <laughs> way. So... It's cool. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I did enjoy it. And, you know, was I as, as obsessed with it as I was with like a Hades or n- mm. no, I wasn't, but you know, mm. I still liked it. I still liked it. And I guess like it kind of did make me think about like, Oh, like it, it, it's nice to have games that maybe they don't scratch the absolute deepest level of the itch, but they still like <laughs> scratch the itch. You know, they still Love have, it. I loved the world. I loved being in the world. I loved fighting in the world. And also I have to say there was so much I could have done that I didn't do that. I just chose to go ahead and, you know, I was like, nah, I'm not going to go do all those side quests. I guess Mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll just go ahead and finish the game. But I mean, they put so much time and effort into all of those details. And as I said, I think in a prior episode, I had a lot of fun with the side quests because a lot of them had some sort of like actual, like, Japanese historical, yeah, you know, like they actually had to do with folklore. And so that was really fun to me because I I liked learning, um, you know, those things. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I would probably, if I had to rate it, I'd probably be like, yeah, I would give it like a solid seven or eight. I wouldn't give it a nine or a 10 because I wasn't like, oh my God, you know, but I, I did enjoy my time with it and I finished it. Yay. seven or eight out of a thousand i think that's pretty good yeah i know i can't can't really complain so uh i'm thrilled that you are that you are satisfied with it because you were so looking forward to it you had your ups and downs with it and it's it's just nice to put it to bed and say yeah i i'm happy with my time with this with this story this world yeah, that's lovely. No, it is. It is nice. And, and you know, it, I, especially if you think about how many games we don't finish, I think. That, that, exactly. That's exactly you know, it was the like, context. And yeah. I think that's kind of why I was like, you know, was it a perfect game? It wasn't, but it. I finished it and it was really nice to f- to be motivated enough to finish. I didn't play it because I was bored. I had plenty of other stuff to play. Yeah, yeah. And you balanced your time. You you actively said, you know what? I, no, I'm not going to do every single side quest. I'm just going to do the ones that are interesting and then and then mosey on through. And yeah. that's, that's I don't know, and that, I did. It's a, healthy, it's a healthy way to deal with a seven out of ten type of game. You know, I You're, agree. It's not a yeah yeah yeah. I love it. I definitely agree. So you know, now I've fit, completed it, and uh, I have time to Diablo when I want a Diablo, and when I don't want a Diablo, mm-hmm. um, I think I'm gonna try to probably go back to playing near Automata, which I started, but then didn't. <gasps> yeah, yeah. So now I'm like wide open for that. So that should be fun. 
Wait, one more question about Diablo because I'm I'm like gonna pull it up on my phone here and see. Okay. Uh, like like I might dive in and just to see what's what, and then I mean um, it's free. It's we not can talk like, about it more. Right, free to know, play. Yeah. Uh, do you need to do any uh, nonsense with like Battle.net accounts or Blizzard, whatever? Do you just like open it and no. you're in there with no, your phone? No, you would definitely have to. I mean, they want you to sign in through Battle.net, so you'll have to do they that. They do, yeah. okay. But I, I mean, don't think I did that with Switch, though. You know, I don't think it, uh, I can't remember if it required that. Yeah, I, I I do. I know that pretty much for all their games, they've used that system for many, many, many years now. So right, you would definitely right. have to interact with it. But it didn't take me that long to go through and do it all. So I suspect it wouldn't take you that long either. OK, great. I'm going to it's so funny because I'm opening up, you know, I'm on Android. And like if today's the day for Diablo Immortal, I would expect to open the App Store and see it be at the top of the list. That's you know what I mean? Like, not hey, the official release date tomorrow is. And I don't know so, why, or if it was a mistake or I really don't know, but it's still tomorrow. It'll be everywhere. But for some reason today. Yeah. I can, I can get it. It is available. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. You do it's have to do a, a little bit of playing before you can access your friends and stuff, but if you're mm-hmm. and actually, ooh, um, remind me or text me to me or whatever your um, your Battle.net username so I can add you there and then I'll be able to yeah. connect with you once you're in it. That's great. All right, so let's yeah, uh, this will be great. So we'll we'll connect and see how multiplayer would work. Like, is it a party mm-hmm. system or could we meet in a in a common area? Whatever. I'm super curious. It's nice to know at least one player yeah. out of the one million who are already in there. Okay, I'm downloading now, uh, and we will f- tell you more about our immortal experience. Uh, thank you for entering the chat with us. Our theme music is by Azure Flux, and our logo is illustrated by Just Call Me Katarina. And we, of course, want to know what games you are playing. So come on into that Discord server. The link is always in the show notes. And if you don't want to chat publicly in the community there, you can always email us, have entered the chat at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it in your favorite podcast app. Thank you for chatting. And we will talk with you next week. Bye bye.